You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. On any given day, we have dozens of interactions and conversations. Conversations with strangers, close friends, in coffee shops, at work, over a meal, or on the phone. Some conversations are quick and light. Others are long and deep. Conversations matter. They hold the potential to change our whole day, or in some cases, our whole lives. As we read about the life of Jesus from the words of his close friend John, we see that Jesus was constantly engaging in intentional, crucial, and life-changing conversations. These conversations that Jesus had centuries ago can still impact us today. I want to welcome everyone worshiping today. Happy Easter. Have you ever had one of those moments where it all comes down to this? When it all comes down to this, one of those moments was October the 1st, 1999 for me. It was Julie's birthday. I remember getting up early, dropping off some presents at her house, and then we had dinner plans. And it was really hard for me to get anything done that day because I was just thinking about those dinner plans. I go and pick her up for dinner. We have a great meal. We have great conversation. I give her some presents. And that night, uh, we get back to her house, and I say, I have dessert for you. Well, Julie loves ice cream. She loves Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And so I give a, get a carton out of an ice chest that I had brought. And she picks up the carton. She said, something's wrong with this carton. It's a little light. Well, Julie knows her ice cream. She especially knows her Ben and Jerry's. She opens it up and there's an engagement ring inside of it. And so I get down on one knee and I propose to her. And it was one of those moments where it all comes down to this. It was one of those life-defining moments, depending on what her answer was and whether it was yes or no. Well, praise God, she said yes, and we've been married for for many years. It it all comes out of this. Maybe you haven't been feeling well, and you've been in pain, and you go to the doctor, and they run run a series of tests, and the doctor says, okay, I got the test results back. Here's what the results are. And you know, depending on what the doctor says, it could change your life forever. It it all comes down to this. You've been applying to colleges, and, and there's a college that you really want to get into. And you see the email, and it's going to tell you whether you're accepted or not. And so it tells you whether you're going to follow plan A or B or C. You realize it's going to change your life. It all comes down to this. You've been waiting. Are you going to have a boy or girl? And you've been anticipating. You've been waiting, and you're waiting for the results. Are you going to have a boy or girl? I had one of those. It all comes down to this moment. Many years ago, one of our staff members had pancreatic cancer. And she collapsed in the middle of the night, and I get a call to go to the hospital to meet the family. I rush up there, and family and us, uh, right at the front door, the chaplain meets us. And that's never a good sign in, in, in general. And we get to the room, and I see this staff member, and, and I realize, oh, this is, this is tough. I mean, she did not look good. And I remember waiting and waiting for the doctor. It seemed like hours. I realized it was probably minutes. And the doctor comes in and says, hey... Your loved one, your staff member, your friend, doesn't look like they're going to make it. Uh, She's just being kept alive by being on the machines. 
Later on, she passed away. It was one of those moments that changed the family's life, it changed our staff, it changed our church. We've been in a series called Conversations with Jesus. And we've been talking about how Jesus had these, these defining moments with people. These conversations that changed them and they were intentional. Now we realize some conversations are fleeting, but others can change someone's life forever. That our words matter. And Jesus challenges us to have these type of conversations. And he challenges us to have intentional conversations. And we're going to see one of those conversations that he has is in John chapter 20. John chapter 20, he's going to have one of these conversations with Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary Magdalene was a follower of Jesus, one of the handful of women who followed Jesus. She heard his teaching, saw his miracles, helped support his ministry. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Mary Magdalene. Uh, we do know that Mary Magdalene wasn't her last name. Uh, and so a lot of people are like, oh, that must be her last name. Well, actually, no, uh, that's not the case. Most of the time, women back in the first century was described uh, by the relationship with a man. And so she would have normally been married, Mary the, the uh, wife of Ronnie or Mary the mother of Ronnie. And so she's not described in that way. So some have suggested that maybe she wasn't married or didn't have a husband or didn't have any children. And maybe that gave her the freedom to be able to follow Jesus uh, most of the time. Uh, some have uh, suggested that Magdalene describes the village that she was raised from, uh, or raised in, or was born in. Magdal is a small little fishing village. Uh, others have uh, suggested that this is a nickname. Jesus was great about giving nicknames. Uh, you look at Peter, the Rock. You look at the Sons of Thunder, James and John. Uh, if you looked at Magdalene, uh, it actually means tower, and so maybe she was a strong woman, or maybe a tall woman. Uh, there's another word that's very similar that means hairdresser. And so some scholars have suggested uh, that she was a hairdresser. Uh, regardless, uh, we do know that Mary Magdalene was a devoted follower of Jesus. If you look in Luke chapter 8, uh, we'll see that she was plagued with seven demons. And in the first century, demons could, have, could mean several things, including an undiagnosed illness. It could mean an addiction. It could mean mental illness. Or it could uh, be uh, an, a, a fever that wouldn't go away. Or it could literally be uh, a, a demon. And so uh, scholars have suggested that the number seven is an aggravated or violent form uh, of of whatever's going on in her life. And so whatever was going on in her life was really bad, but we know that Jesus healed her and took care of her. Now, when we look at Mary Magdalene, she was, again, following Jesus. She would have seen them sing Hosanna to him. She would have seen Jesus being betrayed, or she would have known that she, he got betrayed by a kiss by Judas. She would have seen him go through this kangaroo court. And she would have seen him being beaten, uh, being, having to carry a cross, uh, seeing him wearing a crown of thorns, seeing the pain and the agony that Jesus went through. Would have seen uh, that, that, uh, that Roman soldiers were gambling for his clothes. Would have seen his body being taken down. Uh, would have seen, them, uh, seen him being put in a tomb. And, and that brings us to John chapter 20. I, she, she has this relationship with Jesus. She loved Jesus. She followed Jesus. Jesus healed her. Jesus changed her life. And in John chapter 20, when we, we see it's early Sunday morning, it's dark, and she sees the stone has been rolled away. And so what does she do? She goes back and she tells Peter and John, and they race there. And they say, oh, Jesus has risen. They go home. But we see that Mary Magdalene gets there, and, and she sees the stone has been rolled away. And, and she peeks in, 
this time. And, and there's two angels there. And, and the text doesn't say anything about her response to the angels. And she's on a mission. And she, she's like, what, what, what's going on here? And she's not worried about the angels. She doesn't think about Jesus being, being risen because that wasn't something that took place back then. Uh, nor does it take place today. And so she's wondering, where's the body? Where's Jesus' body? That's, that's what she's looking for. She's, she's on a mission. And, and so she, in her mind, someone's stolen the body. In verse 14, she turned to leave and, and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. And she's about to have one of those life-changing life conversations. And she doesn't realize that it, it all comes down to this moment. It's one of those things that's going to change her life forever. Verse 15 says, Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought that he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. She's very emotional. The man that she loved so much that had followed, she, that he had, she had heard his teaching and saw his miracles. And she's like, well, where, where is, is Jesus? Where's his body? And, and surely this has to be a gardener. Who else would be here at this time? And, and so we see that Jesus says, hey, quit crying. This is the second time that we see this. Why are you crying? And Mary says, if you've taken him, uh, tell me where he's at. I, I want to find his body. And we see in verse 16, Mary, Jesus said, Mary. She turned and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go and find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God your God and Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them I have seen the Lord I have seen the Lord and then she gave them that message she has one of those life-changing conversations one of those moments that will change her life Jesus says Mary calls her by name with a tone that says, stop looking for a dead body. Mary, stop looking for solutions in a closed box. Mary, and her response, teacher, teacher. Finally, she understood that, that the same Jesus who had turned water to wine, who had walked on water, who had fed the 5,000, who had opened the eyes of the blind, the same Jesus who had raised Lazarus back to life, the same Jesus who had healed her, had risen from the dead. And just, uh, just as he had said, he would. And this meant that God conquered evil, that love conquered hate, that hope conquered despair, that light conquered darkness, that life conquered death. The resurrection is death to death. Death does not have the final word. I know many of us, we're scared of death. We think that's the worst thing that can happen. And Jesus said, we don't have to worry about death anymore. We don't have to worry about anything in life. I have conquered death. I am risen. And it was one of those life-defining moments for Mary Magdalene. Some of you this morning, right now, you feel a little bit like Mary. You, you're, going, you're in pain. You feel helpless. You're depressed. You're concerned about everything that's going on in the, in the world right now. Maybe your bank account's empty. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe you have family issues. And, and maybe you're feeling down and out. But Easter reminds us 
that there is hope, that, that we don't walk along, alone in society, that we have a God that came down to this earth, that loves us, that conquered death, that will help us no matter what. Notice at the end of these scriptures, Jesus says, go and tell the disciples, I have risen. Go and tell the disciples, I have risen. In this most critical event in history, Jesus made, the, made a woman the first witness and evangelist. And that would have been countercultural. Many times in that society, women were not thought highly of. But Jesus says, you know what, I'm going to turn everything up, upside down. And she's going to be my first witness and an evangelist. And she, she wanted to hold on to Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you have a mission. I want you to go and tell. I want you to go and tell people I have risen. Go and tell the disciples. Go and be a messenger of hope. And what if Easter isn't about one defining moment, but a series of defining moments? It all comes down to this moment. What if, what if life was about, it all comes down to these moments? Yes, Jesus rose from the dead. It was a huge event that changed the world. But I don't think Jesus wants Easter to be limited to one day where, we're, where we come and worship him. I think that he wants us to have Easter each and every day. He wants us to be messengers of hope. He wants us to go and encourage people. He wants his followers to have life change. He wants us to go and have these conversations that can help people. And so I want to leave you with two thoughts today. First of all, what's an area in your life that needs to be revived? Will you let it go and trust Jesus to work in it? I think many times we try to fix things our own self. We try to fix our marriage by ourselves. We try to fix our bank account by ourselves. We try to fix uh, all of these little things. And Jesus says, why don't you let it go and watch me work? I think Easter reminds us that there can be life where we think there is death. Secondly, think about someone right now that needs hope. Think about someone that needs hope. We are to be messengers of the resurrection. We are to be messengers of hope. And so I want you to call, text, or go visit someone who needs encouragement, uh, who's living like Jesus is still dead, and they don't realize that he has risen. I, as a faith community, we want to be focused on giving hope. We want to be messengers of hope because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead.